0: And Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hello and welcome to The Drill Down, where we drill down on cronyism and corruption in the federal government in Washington, D.C. In for Peter Schweitzer once again is me, Eric Eggers, alongside Seamus Bruner the Director of Research here at the Government Accountability Institute. And we are here today to continue to document and talk about the latest developments in this emerging Justice Department scandal. We've been following how it started as a Biden Department scandal, Seamus, and now it's become a Justice Department scandal. We've seen uh, testimony from FBI Director Chris Ray this past week, and he was, I think, you know, uh, thoroughly vetted by the House Oversight Republicans. And we also have a new report from Jim Jordan, who's been investigating specifically how the federal government, certain aspects of it have been weaponized under the Biden administration. Um, takeaways from this most recent week, you've done a lot of TV interviews, what are the things you've been asked the most about?
1: Well, uh, a lot on the Chris Ray testimony, which I have said, and have many have remarked on how evasive and non responsive he was, it's kind of par for the course for ray and the fbi just deny 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 you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the fbi i stop asking questions so uh yeah that was interesting um i think this this weaponization report on the ukraine stuff is very interesting because you don't often have a foreign government telling the fbi what to do and the fbi capitulating so that's uh interesting
0: that's a fancy word for doing what they said so it's important that, to know that a federal, a foreign government, who, by the way, had some spy problems, <laughs> told the FBI what to do. And the FBI then told our social media entities what to do. And that's among the, the revelations. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Um, but first, I think, Seamus, you know, you've documented the the failures and the problems in the FBI. So I guess, were you surprised by the things that you heard Chris Ray say or not say? Or is this just the latest iteration of what's been, unfortunately... Um, a deterioration of the quality of leadership from a bipartisan standpoint in the Justice Department.
1: Yeah, so you know the best we can hope for at this time with this administration is to have the uh, guys in government hauled in front of a committee and asked a bunch of questions that are difficult to answer. And you always want you know hope hope that the the right questions get asked and the right answers are given. Um, you know, I think. Senator Grassley and and Senator Johnson have been saying for a long time that the FBI and DOJ have insulated themselves from scrutiny, that they can't be held accountable by normal means. So uh, this is kind of more of an example of that, of their ability to dodge and uh, avoid accountability.
0: Um, So par for the course. (laughs) We also want to talk about the way the FBI has been aided in being insulated from accountability by their friends in the mainstream media. There's a Washington Post column that I think attempts to shoo away or dismiss the severity of the allegations that Chris Ray fielded from members of the House Oversight Committee by lumping them all together. And we'll read from excerpts of that. And then we we'll actually want to go in and unpack each one of them, because it turns out the FBI has been up to quite a lot. And uh, it's easy for it all to get jumbled together. But if you parse out each individual threat, each individual claim that uh, the FBI has been accused of, it's actually quite significant. I think it paints a not very flattering picture of what justice looks like today. If you're a conservative, but we want to start with this recent development from Jim Jordan's Weaponization Committee. And essentially, what they've found is that, you know, they subpoenaed uh, records from big tech. And what they found is that following Russians' invasion of Ukraine in February of 2022, the Security Service of Ukraine, that's essentially like their secret service, they wanted to identify and take down suspected Russian disinformation operations via influence on social media. So to do that, because Ukraine got a lot of support from a lot of places, but nowhere more so than the Biden administration, uh, they enlisted the support of the FBI to try to identify social media accounts that might be spreading disinformation. And then they said, hey, FBI, would you then go ahead and do your work with your very good friends in big tech and, you know, see if you can do. Remember how you guys got them to suppress all the Hunter Biden stuff in October of 2020? Can we do that again for the Russia thing? And the FBI is like, sure, no problem. So this is what Jim Jordan's weaponization committee found. The committee's analysis of these, quote, disinformation registries revealed that the FBI, at the request of the SBU, flagged for social media companies authentic accounts of Americans, including... Uh, verified U.S. State Department account and those belonging to an American journalist. So what that means is this Ukrainian Secret Service asked the FBI to tell Big Tech to take down accounts. They said, because it might be, uh, you know, the Russian disinformation. Well, so they did it. But in part of that process, and the FBI had no legal jurisdiction to do this, by the way, and that's kind of like the, the threat is like, hey, how come... These agencies can now just do whatever they want to do with no legal justification or authorization. And in doing so, they censored the free speech, the constitutionally protected free speech of American journalists and the State Department. I mean, that is the top line headline of this weaponization Committee as I read it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, quote from the from the report quote. In so doing, the FBI violated the First Amendment rights of Americans, and here's an important part and potentially undermined our national security. So now the FBI is in the business not just of censorship, but undermining
0: national security, according to the Weaponization Committee. But here's the best part. So the FBI is doing this on behalf of the Ukrainian security service. Well, as we would find out months later. Um, the FBI's, and this, the committee reports this the FBI's reliance on the SBU's information and judgment is particularly alarming because of well documented, deep rooted Russian influence in the SBU. <laughs>
1: Like, right <laughs> and some of these accounts including uh, plural american journalists that uh, the fbi was flagging to the social media accounts they were un- these accounts were authentic accounts and they expressed unambiguously pro ukrainian views so they weren't even pro russian accounts so you've got american journalists who maybe have an a ukraine flag in their in their bio and they uh, voice opposition to Putin. So these are anti-Putin, pro-Ukraine journalists, and the FBI is still censoring or you know pushing for their censorship at the
0: uh, big tech companies. Uh,
1: it, it's it's pretty
0: remarkable. So that's you know one of my favorite phrases is never mistake incompetence with conspiracy, and I think that. I'm inclined to put this more in the competence camp as opposed to the conspiracy camp. I don't think that Russia or that the FBI meant to be essentially a tool for Putin's Russia by working on behalf of an infiltrated and compromised Ukrainian intelligence service to get big tech to do it. But I think it speaks more to what the FBI thinks it's allowed to do and what it considers uh, itself equipped to do in the name of protecting whatever – uh, and it doesn't matter how many laws they have to violate to do so.
1: Yeah, well, and uh, speaking of incompetence, at Chris Ray's tes- uh, you know, testimony, he was asked about their relationship with the tech companies, and he flat out denied any sort of relationship whatsoever, said, we don't, we don't push for censorship at all. So uh, not just, he was denying not just this kind of a report, but also all of the previous ones where, you know, we've got the Twitter files. We know about Elvis Chan and we know about what they were doing with Yul Roth well, over you, at
0: Twitter. You have to tell people what that means because they don't know what that means. Yeah,
1: well, so ahead of, I mean, everybody knows about ahead, ahead of the 2020 election, Twitter was pulling down the New York Post, pulling down the stories about the Hunter Biden laptop. They do know that. That was driven by a guy out in the uh, California field office, Elvis Chan, who was an FBI guy. And he was at meetings, regularly meeting with Joel Roth, the guy, of, head of uh, Twitter safety. Um, so there is direct collusion. We've got the documents. We've got the emails to prove it. And Chris Ray, just this past week, goes in front of Congress and says, we've never done that. We don't. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. There's also So either he didn't know anything about it or he's, he's corrupt, I guess, to your point of
0: incompetence. Maybe he truly didn't. There's, there's also a particular irony in, and you know if we kind of go back to, and we've talked about this before, and it's one of my favorite sort of developments. Is, and this is a real thing that happened. But the FBI uh, essentially working unwittingly, maybe, if we want to be charitable about it, on behalf of the Clinton campaign in opening up an investigation to the idea that the Trump campaign was colluding with Russia, which was based on misinformation the Clintons fabricated... Only to combat their very real political vulnerability that they were actually susceptible to Putin because of their involvement in the Uranium One deal, right? So that the Clintons do this investigation, they do this research. They say, hey, partly because of the work that we have been a part of at Government Accountability Institute, and we documented their relationship with Russia. Vladimir Putin paid Bill Clinton to give a speech and profited off of acquiring U.S. uranium assets. At the same time, people were donating lots of money to the Clinton Foundation. This was a real thing. We talked about it. They realized that the Clintons did. This was a political Political vulnerability for them so they said how do we how do we beat this i know let's say that donald trump is a russian asset and so they created right the steel dossier and then that thing helped the fbi launch operation crossfire hurricane so it's funny that the fbi would once again now in the name of doing something to help ukraine against russia also unwittingly be helping russia because the Ukrainian intelligence service had been infiltrated by russian assets
1: yeah it's it's deeply ironic and all i mean moving forward to 2020 you've got uh Joe Biden explicitly saying, you're not getting a billion dollars unless you do this thing that helps my family in the form of Hunter Biden working for the Ukrainian gas company. And then Donald Trump is the one who's impeached for threatening to withhold aid. And the FBI, of course, knows about all of these things. And, you, you know, they're – well, it's the DOJ. I mean, you've got uh, this Leslie Wolf who's underneath David Weiss. She's blocking any sort of uh, IRS involvement in blocking any trails that lead to uh, Joe Biden. She's blocking, uh, you know, they're tipping off Hunter Biden before uh, they raid the uh, guest house. They stopped the raid of the guest house, tipped off Hunter Biden's lawyers before a search of a storage unit, essentially rendering that search useless. So... Um, I do think there might be a bit
0: of conspiracy in here, too, along with the incompetence. This is what makes Seamus elite, right? Some of you guys just scroll TikTok at night. Seamus looks at DOJ org charts, okay? He's like, aha, this person reports to this person, and they blocked this scandal. And it's all real. And that, and that's kind of the larger point we want to make, because I saw a Washington Post column today that I think attempted to dismiss a lot of the allegations that Chris Ray received during his testimony and say, oh, man, the... The FBI or the House Republicans, they're just – it's a MAGA grievance complex, and it all sort of gets jumbled up, and none of it matters. And they contrasted it ironically to Benghazi. You know, that this guy in The Washington Post says – Greg Sargent says, you know, the Benghazi hearings. Now, that was a really well-done thing, as if The Washington Post breathlessly reported everything that came out about Hillary Clinton during the Benghazi hearings in the Obama administration. But, you know, they start this way and it, it the column starts with a name that's familiar to us. Stephen Bannon, uh, a spiritual leader of the Trumpist right, infamously declared in 2018, the secret to political warfare was to flood the zone with beep. The idea being that it was put a lot of stuff out there and that eventually some of it sticks. Uh, he says, but Representative Jim Jordan chaired a house judiciary committee hearing last week to purport to expose the FBI's weaponization against conservatives But the GOP lawmakers have floated so many allegations and conspiracy theories that the spectacle devolved into a haphazard, scattered mess with no storylines developed in meaningful depth. So that's actually what we want to do today is take those allegations that the GOP members threw at Chris Ray and actually just kind of pause and unpack them. Because, you know, I have children and it's one thing to walk into a child's room you see lots of things on the floor. And it's like, man, that room is messy. And I think you would say the FBI right now is messy, but that's not actually the story. It's like, well, wait, how messy is it, and where did the mess come from? And if you take a moment, and pick up each individual thing on the FBI's floor, you actually start. To, they're poorly behaved, <laughs> uh, like you know, not as bad as my kids, who are also terrible. But you know, the FBI's got some things to answer for. And so, listen to the way the Washington Post attempts to present some of these things, and then we're going to take a moment and just say, well, wait a minute, what what was that thing, and is it real or is it not real? Uh, so Greg Sargent writes, at last week's hearing, Republicans allege that the FBI investigated conservative parents at school board meetings. That's entirely baseless, he says. Now, true or not true? Is it entirely baseless?
1: Not, not at all. Not at all. Leaked, uh, leaked document shows it's a serious scandal that they were investigating uh, parents, you know, for being radical and that they did not want their children to be learning some of this woke garbage that's flooding every school district across the country. And so, I, th- I mean, that's a serious scandal. I think that, you know, even, even Christopher Ray has acknowledged that, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of uh, aghast, I believe, at some of the stuff that's going
0: on. So- well, well, that's what I want to say. I was like, well, so I like how today it's like, oh, no, it's a baseless allegation. That the FBI investigated conservative parents. Well, hold on a second, uh, because what happened is Mayor Garland wrote a memo in October of 2021 that created a federal task force to investigate threats against school boards. Uh, he did it on behalf of the National School Boards Association, which called on federal authorities to investigate threats. And in that letter, it referred to parents as potential "quote domestic terrorists." Like that's so. That's a real thing. Like that's a real thing you can pull off of the FBI's floor and say, "No, no, no!" Like they did. They, they did that. And then what happened as a result of that? House Republicans uh, revealed that in back in March of this year, the FBI actually invoked. Uh, The FBI opened 25 preliminary investigations based on tips to the National Threat Operations Center, and six of those probes actually went to the FBI's counterterrorism division. And one investigation, I think, even went further than that. So that sounds not baseless to me.
1: No, exactly. And the type of people who are now defending the FBI, like this guy in the Washington Post, are the same kind of people who, for the past 20 years— would have seen things like what, like what Snowden revealed and how, you know, these tools that were developed and used to go after terrorists after nine eleven. It's just, you know, you can't be spying on uh, people for, you know, being Muslim or what have you. Um, now the FBI, we haven't had a terror problem in quite some time. And so they've got all these tools. And the minute that they start to turn these tools that, you know, <laughs> Washington Post writers would have decried a long time ago, they're now defending those tools. So I just – it's kind of interesting. Uh, they're, they're keeping these domestic spying programs. They're, now there's no terrorists coming in from overseas, so you've got to find some domestic terrorists, and those would be, I guess, parents at school board meetings. Yeah,
0: angry parents at school board meetings will work, you know. So uh, he, the, he, Sergeant continues that um, the Republicans have claimed that the FBI and Chris Ray, a registered Republican, has personally sick. the FBI and conservatives. Uh, they've claimed that the FBI has eagerly persecuted Trump. And they railed that the FBI plants inside of the January 6th attack. Uh, what do you think about those claims?
1: Well, I, I found Chris Ray's testimony about January 6th kind of interesting. He said, you know, he doesn't know how many uh, agents might have been involved. He, he didn't seem But to the answer whole, wasn't zero. It wasn't zero. <laughs> uh, but he tried to insinuate that it was. He's like, oh, I don't know about that. So. Um, yeah, I think, you know, January 6th has got a lot. That's You could do a whole podcast. Seamus, Seamus
0: is like, let's I'd like actually not to be recorded, giving my thoughts on January 6th.
1: <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, Another baseless claim from the Washington Post. But,
0: but I don't think the idea that uh, they've persecuted Donald Trump is insane. I mean, we've talked about the fact that Donald Trump is currently facing, I think it's something like 400 years in prison right. and 37 <laughs> criminal charges, not from the FBI per se. But I think it's like speaks to this culture of like we're investigating and looking at what Donald Trump has been accused of. At the same time, Hunter Biden gets uh, diversionary drug please and, um, you know, basically gets a slap on the wrist from a tax evasion standpoint. So I, I think it you know, persecuted might be a hard P word, but uh, it's certainly he's I think it's fair to say that Donald Trump has faced more threats from law enforcement than any other previous presidential predecessor.
1: Yeah, well, we're not quite at the, well, it is happening and it's a good thing phase of uh, denialism. But uh, we're at the we're at the phase where it's still not happening, I guess. Like Washington Post will go from, no, that never happened. That's crazy to, well, maybe it's happening to, well, it is happening and it's a good thing.
0: So then we so then we get into like the more serious stuff. I mean, what's more serious than the FBI potentially investigating angry parents at school board meetings? Oh, how about the fact that, the you know, as Republicans pointed out, the FBI is riddled with anti Catholic bias based on a field level memo about radical right wing Catholics that's indeed problematic. Chris Ray admitted this was a serious error, declaring it subject to internal review. I didn't even know about this. Did you know about this whole Catholic gate thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh this is I mean, just as egregious as the school boards, if not more so. So what so tell everyone what it is?
1: Well so uh let me see I'll read this uh this quote here. Republicans insisted they're riddle with anti catholic bias. Ray admitted to this a serious error declaring it subject to an internal review. uh he presented one example of abuse at a huge agent. This is what the Washington post is saying it is is uh. One example of abuse is silly. Uh, no, this is a huge example. And Chris Ray, in his testimony, said that he was aghast and he was promising internal review. We'll see what
0: happens with the internal review. So the FBI had plans to infiltrate traditionalist Catholic organizations, plan an outreach to mainline Catholic parishes. Uh, I mean, so like, they, so to your point, if we're now we we're not faced with external threats, so the FBI is now sort of using their domestic surveillance c- capacity and maybe some extra time on their hands to do things like go after school board parents and Catholics.
1: Right. They, they actually sent an undercover agent to attend a service of a Catholic church just to see if there was any sort of Radical right-wing views, you know, maybe uh, being pro-life, exa- for example, you know, uh, that's that's the kind of thing that apparently is uh, radical nowadays.
0: So then uh, the Washington Post likes to fold in what I would consider to be the, the mainstream uh, violations of trust on the American public on behalf of the FBI, uh, the barrage of these allegations and others that the FBI is covering up President Biden's bribery. Um, so think about that for a second and and you made a point too about the way that some of these scandals get unveiled and documented because it's kind of like this slow drip process and in doing so like we've heard about the idea that President Biden may have been bribed or his family certainly has been bribed by officials from China maybe Romania maybe Ukraine and elsewhere uh, but because you hear about it so frequently it tends to lose the sting or shock of the idea that foreign powers in some cases in terms of China hostile foreign powers are attempting to curry influence on behalf of the United States by bribing the family of the president. Like, I'm old enough to remember when that would be treated as a big deal. Uh, Instead, instead it gets like, well, that's actually just old news. Right, right. Well, I would encourage uh, listeners to go back and check out the podcast
1: on Timothy Tebow, the former FBI guy who was totally rigging the investigations into Hunter, Hunter Biden. He was trying to block Tony Bobulinski from being able to testify. They didn't want to know anything about what one of the Biden family's legitimate business partners who was making legitimate allegations against the Bidens. They didn't want to talk to him. Um, You know, I'm looking at half a dozen names here, maybe a dozen. You've got just two of the names that Gal Luft mentions, Joshua Wilson. He's a FBI agent. He was involved in the uh, IRS whistleblower testimony. He is the one who signed the subpoena for the Hunter Biden laptop, which they – promptly buried and didn't look into for a few years. Uh, Another guy Gal mentions is a prosecutor at the Southern District, Daniel Richtenthal. Uh, One of the same, the same prosecutor of Patrick Ho, he convinced a judge not to let Ho mention the Biden's name. So in addition to that, you've got uh, Leslie Wolf, who the IRS IRS whistleblower says uh, obstructed Biden investigation. She didn't let them look into uh, Joe Biden when they were looking into Hunter Biden, And uh, yeah, I mean, they tipped, again, I mentioned earlier, they tipped off Biden's lawyers about a search of a storage unit, which, you know,
0: that search is now useless. And Uh, by their own reporting, uh, Chairman Comer subpoenaed what's called an FD-1023, which would be a record of information from a confidential human source. And the FBI has not allowed the committee to look at the unredacted version of that. There's been some talk that they may, in fact, allow uh, members of the committee to look at it in the FBI headquarters. But the point is, the FBI, the, the House Committee is trying to get to the bottom of. Wait a minute, it's like wh- how much have you, to your point, prevented uh, agents whose job it is to pursue justice, to investigate wrongdoing? But except in the Bidens are involved, and we now have seen a handful of these issues. So, uh, and then and the Washington Post has reported on that. So I think it's sort of unfair that the Washington Post suggests that all this is just kind of like all this gobbledygook's being thrown up against the wall. No, they're all like real things, right? I mean, I think it's a, yeah. Is there a lot there? Sure. Because there's a lot there. So I think it's silly to try to dismiss the severity of it because there's so much. It's like if a couple's arguing and she's like, and the, you know, a wife is sort of detailing the numerous ways in which the husband's failing and the husband's like ah, you're always on my case.
1: <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Speaking from experience.
0: Well, I mean, you know, no comment, but the, the, <laughs> but the, but the point would be that I think just, just because there's a litany of allegations doesn't mean the allegations are any less serious, but that appears to be the take that the, the Washington Post wants to take to, to help us dismiss. I think the very real and hard questions that the FBI present the FBI was faced with by members of the House Oversight Committee.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, and the, and the Washington Post has culpability in some of these FBI scandals which they of course don't don't disclose or mention like the fact that they were the ones receiving leaks back in the 2016 and 2020 elections, damaging leaks on one side that turned out to be false and they were reporting them breathlessly as you mentioned. Um, and the other thing is just that, it, you know, in getting to the bottom of all this, we see that it goes all the way to the top. I mean, you've got FBI, former FBI director Free, uh, Chris Ray, of course, James Comey is long gone. But I mean, think about this, Robert Mueller, the past four FBI directors have all been involved in some political scandals, weaponizing the Bureau against political opponents. And, uh, you know, I think Americans are wondering, I mean, 80% of GOP voters think that the 2024 election is also going to have FBI uh, nefarious involvement. That's a big problem. And when Americans can't trust both their elections and their law enforcement, uh, they don't have a whole lot of options.
0: Well, and I would say this, uh, the idea that the federal government's being weaponized on behalf of one political party to persecute the other uh, wasn't hurt when, and you mentioned the name Gal Luft, Remember, so this gal Luft is a guy who said he went to the FBI. This is a whistleblower who came forward and said, I came to the FBI with information about dealings with Hunter Biden and this Chinese energy company. that ch- A Chinese energy company you mentioned named Patrick Ho that we know has been involved in bribing the Bidens. Right. So he says, hey, I've seen the way that and we know that this Chinese energy company has done business with Hunter Biden. And so he said, I went and tried to meet with members of the FBI in Belgium in 2019, present them with information. And he came out and said, well, they actually haven't done anything about it. And that's why I'm blowing the whistle. And I was just arrested in Cyprus and detained. So I'm gone into hiding. This is what happened with Gal And then what happened after that? Biden's Department of Justice announced charges against him for working with that same Chinese energy company that we know was bribing and doing business with Hunter Biden.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty hilarious that, uh, I mean, all of the guys that Gao Luft was telling about CEFC, and again, you know, his credibility is in question for being in business with CEFC. But the fact he was telling this uh, Joshua Wilson, Daniel Richtenthal, who were both involved in CEFC, uh, you know, prosecution of Patrick Ho. So he hasn't been found guilty of bribing the Bidens, just everybody else. <laughs> he's, he bribed, convicted bribes uh, for two UN General Assembly presidents, uh, multiple African leaders. He's, so he's bribed all these other guys. But then when someone comes forward and says, you know, he might have been bribing the Bidens too, they're like, oh, no, no, no. Arrested. No, absolutely
0: not. <laughs> Wait, say it, that again? Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thought crime. Uh, no, but that's exactly, and we we're sort of joking about it, but that is the reality. Uh, and unfortunately, there's nothing funny about it. And so, I, I, you know, I know it's silly to think that we would expect the Washington Post to have an uncritical or objective take on House oversight, uh, Republican House Oversight Committee hearings into the FBI. But I think that that, I think it's telling that while The coverage of it is attempt to be dismissive because of the totality of allegations. It's like you had so much to say that none of it was developed in depth. That doesn't mean it's not worth being developed in depth. It just means that there's so much there, and because the mainstream media won't report on it, that it's up to members of the House Oversight Committee to give these issues a true hearing in a public forum. And I think that's what happened. That is my takeaway from what happened. The things that. House Republicans mentioned in those hearings, both with Chris Ray and the report that they've done in the Web Nation Committee, deserve to be listened to. They deserve to be read and they deserve to be followed up on rather than dismissed because there's so many of them.
1: Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And it shows the power the mainstream media has that even when, you know, you've got CBS News, you've got even The Washington Post have written stories about these scandals. They just kind of one off stories. They don't promote it. They don't it doesn't blast far and wide. But they do get that one story out there where they say, well, maybe the Hunter Biden laptop is, you know, Israel. Uh, but after, you know, after that story comes and goes, they continue along with the narrative that, oh, no, this is all a bunch of nothing, even though their own outlets have reported on it. So, um, you know, not much you can
0: do about changing the Washington Post, but – uh Yeah, the only thing we can do is continue to follow along, read the reports, watch the hearings, listen to the testimony, and ask hard questions, then tell you, the people that view and listen to this podcast each week about it. And we're thankful for your interest because at the end of the day, it takes podcasts like this. It takes people like Peter Schweitzer, who will be back next week, and it takes people like yourself who have this level of curiosity and, to be honest, I think have an idea of what the country should stand for and what it still can stand for uh, and not just accept the decay that's happening in some of our institutions, but to push back and support people that want a better future for all aspects of American society. So we appreciate that. We appreciate you. Uh, We promise to continue to try to earn your time each week by putting together a podcast with research that you won't get anywhere else. So for Seamus Bruner, I'm Eric Eggers, and for Peter Schweitzer, and we appreciate very much. This is The Drill Down. You can find more episodes anywhere you get your podcast or always visit the drilldown.com. Thank you very much.